0: To down miffed to Dunk. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a real world. It's a real world. It's That's it. a real one. I don't <laughs> use it, but it's <laughs> real.
0: Not in your vocabulary? Down to Dunk. Yes. This is Steven Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. Sorry. This is Steven Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck, for credit dailythunder.com. Also featured on Dash Radio on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you're listening on Dash, welcome to our show. We talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Today, our show is brought to you by Brady Carter, Homeboy OK, and Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. So you might be sitting around in your house thinking, man, I really gotta sell my house, and I need to find a new one. And if you're thinking those thoughts. Grady Carter can help you get ready for 2018 and to put you guys in the home of your dreams. So contact him, homeboyok.com, homeboyok on any social media platform. He's a GRI designee, which means that he knows exactly how to get you into the home of your dreams. He knows the Oklahoma City market so well. So please contact Grady today. With me today, I've got my good friend, Jay Smith. Jay, what's up? what's up just excited for a christmas
1: to be here yeah man you know family but also you know i think that rockets game i'm yeah i don't know know if i'm excited for it or terrified about it so but we'll see it's coming up
0: well we know the thunder are gonna show up like that's yes that's their mo with uh with these games against good teams is that they show up
1: yeah, which just makes all these crappy games all the more frustrating,
0: but <laughs> right,
1: it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that as part of our uh, podcast today.
0: So the Thunder did win a game against the Nuggets on Monday night, 95-94, just scraping by the Nugs at home. Uh, it was a weird game in a lot of ways. Russ was on fire that night. He was 16 of 28 from the field for 38 points. Uh, and then the only other person in double figures was Alex Sabrinas with 11. Uh, a bunch of guys had eight. Paul George had eight. Dakari Johnson had eight. Robertson had eight. Jeremy Grant had eight. Um, and Carmelo Anthony took six shots and had four points, which was- It's just a weird, weird night. Like the the defense was good, uh, and Russ was on fire, and really nobody else had it going. And the guy who, other guy who did have it going, and Abrines only played fourteen minutes, and I think that's because of defense. But still, it's like, well, if you can't score, let's why don't we put a guy? I mean, he was three of three from three. That's and then hit two free throws. He didn't miss a shot. Um, But still, Jeremy Grant got twenty five minutes, and it's just like what like I don't get that yeah and a lot of that's
1: because Steven's still out uh, Adams is still out in the concussion right. protocol he was and so Grant played a lot more backup five uh, which is good which is what I think he exclusively needs to play I think you and uh, Michele I don't want to mess up his name Michele right Michele, yeah, yeah yeah that's it I, th- I think I think y'all talked about that is is Grant needs to be more the exclusive five backup than any time playing the four and he's just his shots are so bad but it was odd uh, to say the least that game, because it just felt like everybody else was in slow motion. And, and, you know, as soon as Russ does what he did, all the critics, like they were waiting for this moment, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Russell's usage rate is exorbitant. And, you know, look who wants to play with him? Like, I think David Locke was one of the guys that said that, which I'm like, I, I get that in theory, but if Russell doesn't do what he did, against the the nuggets they lose that game right paul george was what two of 11 as part of that game and every shot he shot was forced it looked ugly it didn't come off well like and i'm not talking about oh he was forcing shots that were late in the shot clock or he wasn't on balance like he was missing wide open three-point shots
0: yeah three of 13 one of six yeah
1: yeah and so the problem was not like russ didn't look for the other guys like The problem is is that the other guys weren't doing it and so russ had to take over he had to Mm -hmm. uh but russ i mean russ was looking for other guys especially early you know but i don't know how many times you can throw it to your teammates and have them miss before you finally just like screw this you know like i'm just gonna do this because i have to like i'm tired of losing and so let's do this
0: well the other side of the coin is that you know if paul george has one of those nights in indiana or mellow has a night where he doesn't hit anything in new york like they're guaranteed to lose and so now you have the superstar that on an off night that can go and take over awesome i mean nobody nobody said this stuff when paul george was you know scored 40 against the mavs a month ago you know didn't be like well does Russell really want to play with this guy? He's not giving him any shots, you know. Is Russell is, is Russell very happy cuz Russell's not shooting. It's just like, okay. It's it's I don't know. It's just weird that we can't have like a superstar go off and win a game and then that be okay. And for if it's yeah. anybody else, like if this was if Paul George did this, where Russ shot thirteen times and Melo shot six times, and then Paul George shot twenty eight times, everybody would be like, "Yeah, this is awesome." It's watch the Thunder.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The Thunder have finally figured something out here, but because it's Russ, it's you know the Thunder. You know, no one wants to play with them. You know, they're probably going to trade Paul George. All I mean, I mean, come on, guys. Like if if Paul George you know was hitting his shots russ isn't shooting 28 times he's maybe shooting like 22 times but he's gonna give he's gonna find paul george but he knows that he's having an off night he's been it feels like he's basically been off since he came back from his injury and so i think when he catches fire again i think that russ will start to find him and the same with mellow like mellow for whatever reason is just not hitting shots right now um yeah, he was really good. What was it? The Philly game in Philly. He was, he was awesome yep. in Philadelphia. Played awful in New York, but was, he was awesome in Philly.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's this place where it's like you know, some. So number one is is all the fans are doing this, and I'm doing this. Like, you know the potential of this team, and you want to see this team do well so badly that you're scrutinizing every single moment of the game, like mm-hmm. everything So one off game, which for many teams would just be one of those things. It's like, hey, you know what? Get back on. Like Philadelphia. Philadelphia has lost. I think they're one in five over
0: the last six games or something like that. There's two games under 500 now. Yeah. And so Joel and and
1: Joel Embiid has been missing a lot of those games. And you know, for them, it's like, oh, it is. You know, it's fine. I understand that Philadelphia's expectations versus the Thunder expectations are different. But but to overanalyze the Thunder without saying like, hey, like sometimes players have off nights and it has felt it has felt like paul george has been off for multiple weeks and i get that part of it mm-hmm. um but but to scrutinize this russell was 16 to 28 like a highly efficient night for russell westbrook uh was his usage rate high yes but it was the only way they were going to win that game um he also and i just this is just a side note for my own enjoyment he also threw some passes to Dre underneath that were just incredible. Yes. Uh, especially early. Yeah. They're figuring out how to get Dre some.
0: He's hanging out on the baseline a lot, which yeah, is good. Which is where he
1: needs to be. Um, but I think people also, the tendency we always have is to under, under emphasize. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Do it. I just. I think we underemphasize the importance of Steven Adams not being in the game. Like he's yeah. been the best player. We. Uh, I mean, it's pretty consensus. He's been the best, most consistent player for this team, and he's also the defensive anchor. Like he makes the thing work, which they only allowed ninety four to the Nuggets, which is a good uh, point differential, or um, you know that's a it's a low amount for a team that's a pretty good offense, even without Paul Millsap.
0: Yeah, they're like uh, the seventh ranked think- offense right now.
1: Yeah, but I think that Knicks game, you know, that Knicks game, and I think y'all said this as well, is a scheduled loss, um, especially following a three-overtime uh, win. And so there's all these parts of me that, like, I can give you reasons to think that the ball was just out of sync against the Knicks and a little bit out of the Nuggets. Uh, but that that excuse dies tonight if Adams is back. It definitely dies when they play the Hawks, and then and then they'll play the Jazz again before they play the Rockets. It would be a, it, not a surprising letdown, but it would be a letdown if they don't, I think they could put these three wins together and get three games above 500 before they hit the Rockets on Christmas Day.
0: Yeah, I mean, on paper, they should. Uh, but on paper, this team hasn't worked. <laughs> like that. I- but I'm encour- some encouraging things. The Thunder are one game back of the five seed currently. Uh, and also, they're seven and three in their last ten. Another team that's seven three in their last ten is the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, the only other two teams that are have a better record in the last ten games are the Rockets and Warriors. Um, Timberwolves are six and four. Blazers are four and six. Nuggets are five and five. Uh, Pelicans are four and six. Utah is four and six. So I mean, the Thunder. Like recently, like they're winning games and for whatever reason, it doesn't feel exciting because, and I think it's just because they're not reaching their potential during these wins that, you know, they're just kind of scraping by. But at this point, like the Thunder just need to get wins to, you know, get into this mix, to hit, to be that five seed or potentially the four seed in this playoff hunt. Uh, and it's very much within reach and... You know i can I can just see this team coming together. Uh, you talked about Adams being gone. I think maybe Paul George misses Steven Adams more than anybody else because he set those really good pin down screens for him. he had de- He had been developing chemistry with Adams in the pick and roll. Uh, I think that overall, I think maybe Paul George misses him more than anybody on the offensive end just because he was helping him out a lot.
1: Yeah, I concur with that. I think the other thing I will say is is one of the more frustrating kind of side notes of the season is it's been every time that there's this potential for the Thunder to make some sort of run. They've had some misfortune with injury. Mm-hmm. I like you look at that. They won three in a row, Minnesota, San Antonio. I can't remember who the third one. The third one was. But then all of a sudden they lose Paul George and Jeremy Grant, go to Mexico City and lose to the Nets. And then it's like, okay, well, we're back to square one. And then they take two steps forward. Steven Adams is out for, you know, it's like, it's just one of those things that, that feels like they just can't find any rhythm and consistency off and on the court, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that's impacting this team. But to say that they're seventh, but the seventh seed right now, which it's super early to start worrying about seeding really, but right. But to know that you're, you're two games out of where you really want to be in that four seed, seven and three, I think potentially you could get to, you know, ten and three over the last thirteen games. They're ten and four at home, which is what makes me feel more confident with these next few games, right? Like they're playing, yeah. they play the Jazz at home. They
0: play the uh, don't they play the Hawks at home too? Yeah, Hawks at home, and then Utah on the road.
1: Yeah, and so I mean Utah without Gobert, like I, that's a hard win. Like if they get that, that's a very impressive win because I, I just like the way Utah functions. And I, you and you and Michele talked about this on Monday. I remember watching Quinn Snyder when he was the coach of the Missouri Tigers yeah. in the big 12 back in the day Maybe as big 12. Yeah. Not big eight. I can't believe he is as good of a basketball coaches. <laughs> like it,
0: I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, he's been in the right spots. I'll say that being yeah. a, a, a part of the Spurs, a part of the Hawks. Like he, like he's been in the right spots, especially for the team that he has, uh, so, just I just shows
1: you could grow for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, he's great. There's people out there that are saying people don't change. That's that's just bull crap, man. There's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at Quinn Snyder. Use Quinn Snyder so as, as the barometer for that. It
1: really is. Like, I remember when he got that job, I was like, what? Because all I can remember is these teams that would just massively underachieve, and then I mean, he got. You know, there's always these rumors of sketchy things happening. In the, but that was, now I'm looking back, that may have been 15 years ago that he was the head coach of Missouri. So mm-hmm. I hope I'm a little different than I was 15 years ago, too. <laughs> no
0: kidding. <laughs> uh, let's do some questions. This All right. This is from our guy at underscore Jimmy Shaw. It says, Why only one Tulsa live pod a year? Come on, guys. Lots of DTD faithful in the Tulsa area. Um, I don't know. We just we gotta, have no good excuse, man. We, we have a lot. No good we've got a lot going on, I guess. To uh, yeah,
1: we'll do it in the spring. Let's make that plan. We're going to do it in the spring.
0: Yeah, we'll do like trade deadline air. You know, around the trade oh, deadline because that's, yeah. that's what we did last time. Is that we did it at the right after the trade deadline, right after they acquired McDermott and uh, Top Gibson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a
1: good moment. That was good. Yeah, it was really fun to watch McDermott just blast the thunder on saturday night <laughs> <I know. laughs> and easily yeah it's good
0: right uh jared kw13 what did you think of the new star wars so without sharing too much like
1: i have been all over the place with this movie so i number one is i made the mistake that i told myself i wouldn't do anymore Is i went and saw it like late opening night i think the movie started like ten twenty five, and I'm normally in bed by 10 now. Mm -hmm. I'm a different person than I was when I used to love opening night movies. Uh, And so I think that skews any evaluation of a movie first off. But (laughs) I'll say this. Did you doze off at all? No, I did not. But the guy went with (laughs) did. And so I I reserve any evaluation really until I'm going on Friday with my son to see the second time. I thought it was good, not great.
0: I thought it was great. Uh I really liked when uh Boba Fett killed Anakin at the end. I thought that was <laughs> a really cool part. Yeah. And I wanted to don't want to include any spoilers in this pod, but I just that, have so much emotion about that.
1: Yeah, that scene just needs to be talked about. So Yeah.
0: And now you you did go see it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. I'm just not gonna I won't include spoilers except for the Porg's eat Chewbacca.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a
0: really weird <laughs> graphic scene. It was it was. It took a really weird turn, which <laughs> makes sense why it got
1: the R rating. But. <laughs>
0: right. No, it was I thought it was a very fun movie. There were parts of it that I thought were extremely pointless. Um but overall I thought it was a very fun movie.
1: Yep. It was fun. Uh I think sometimes they try too hard with the humor. Uh yeah. I think, yeah. I think the Avengers world has made everybody feel like they can't do like a you know, PG to PG-13 action movie without being a funny. Yeah. And so people force it, and it just sucks. Like, the DC Justice League, I finally went and saw and I was like, okay, just, you don't have to be funny. It's okay.
0: In <laughs> uh, Star Wars, it was like, there's a few scenes I was like, why? Yeah, there's, like, yeah. really intense parts where, like, no one would be joking at this time, and yeah. then, like, they say a joke, and it's like, okay, all right, okay. Uh, yeah. So but there are
1: I mean the whole movie is made up basically like f- like four incredible scenes. Yeah. Uh and and it's it's totally worth it. Like absolutely worth it. If you haven't gone go over Christmas um you know and I I am a Star Wars uh kind of junkie and so I'll get on YouTube and I go down these like rabbit trails of what's going on and you know this Well, you know what are some other theories and if you still were using the old canon for Star Wars how is that connecting to what they're doing in The Last Jedi and uh, some of that stuff really helps but you know there's a lot of super like we had a guy in the middle of the movie that walked out and was just like cussing the movie as oh really? The theater. Yeah. I came here wow. to watch it beep, beep, beep. Star Wars movie this is I don't know what we're watching it's crap and I was like okay buddy uh Man. maybe take it easy enough. not bad. Feel, feel
0: bad for people that can't enjoy things.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, oh sorry, it wasn't, you know, an Oscar worthy movie. Well it's Star Wars.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> so weird. They're supposed to be
1: fun, not, you know, challenge you or something.
0: People get so weird
1: about Star Wars. It, yeah, it's too much.
0: Um at Bet Edwin. Is Tupat the quickest touch passer in the league? Name the top five. Uh, he's a great touch passer uh and i love to watch it uh i i don't i guess i don't know enough touch passers to give you a top five but like obviously like mano ginobili is yeah, the first of, one i thought of. one of the best ever um and like you just think of like these like super smart players like boris diao great touch passer um So like basically anybody that played for the Spurs at some point. We're just talking Spurs here. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I think Steph's pretty good. I mean, yeah, he just moves the ball quickly, Um, which is kind of look at. 2 Pat, man, he's been him getting better and better is going to be an enormous development for this team.
0: Yes. Yeah, Um, it's it is it's it's huge because you have another guy that can shoot it. You have another guy that can switch out. Um, obviously had that game-saving block at the end on Redick, um, yep. which I don't think Adams would have gotten to after playing like fifty thousand minutes that <laughs> night. So yeah,
1: chasing Joel Embiid all over the
0: court. I was kind of like terrified whenever he came in the game, uh, just because I know he's not a good post defender and can't defend bigger guys. And I was like, oh gosh, this is the biggest guy. <laughs> yeah, he was good, and I think some of it's that Joel's back was hurt, and Joel had played like forty-nine minutes. Himself,
1: most minute, most minutes of his career, wasn't it?
0: He played more than a full game. I mean, that if you would have said that he would have done that last season, I would have told you you're crazy. That he one, the Sixers probably wouldn't let him do that, and two, like I don't know that he's you know physically capable. But he's had. He's but had I don't. A good I don't season.
1: think he's played. I don't think he's played since.
0: He's not, and the Sixers are nosediving right now. They lost to the Kings last night, and you know yep. we, we've been there, so. <laughs> Yeah, we've been
1: there. We know. Hey, so let me ask you a question. So you talk about uh, Joel Embiid. And so I was watching a little bit of Adams' practice video yesterday. It's air corn. I know practice is different than games. I get that. Mm-hmm. Adams has a really sweet jump shot.
0: He does. Yeah.
1: Like, like 16, 18, 20 feet out, like knocking down jump shots. Yep. Now look at Joel Embiid, and one of the things he does is so impressive is he Stretches the floor. Like, you know, he can shoot threes, but he's really good from that mid range, you know, level. And I always wonder with Adams, I think the thing that Thunder fans need to recognize about Steven Adams, and I think it's so incredible, is Steven has the potential and the ability to be so much better, you know, at least on what we would evaluate as good than he is. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can shoot the ball. Like, he could literally pull somebody out and shoot the ball, but he chooses to not do so because. He feels like the best shots for the team are to get the ball to the other guys. And so he plays defense, and when he gets the ball, he shoots. But it has to be within about, what, six feet of the basket, or he's not going to do anything with it. I think it's just impressive. It's another thing that I love about him.
0: I think he will eventually he, – he knows – he's like probably one of the smartest guys on the team. And he knows what's a good and a bad shot. He knows long twos are bad. And so he and he knows that he can't hit them like at a rate like LaMarcus Aldridge would. And so he won't take them. Uh, but I do think that when he feels comfortable within the next you know, three or four years, you're going to see Adams with a corner three, um, because he knows that's a highly efficient shot. And when he feels comfortable, uh, I think that you're going to have a, a Steven Adams that can post up and hit those little floaters and be your defensive anchor and also s- step out and hit a corner three, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I do think that eventually will happen, uh. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a little while. I, I wouldn't expect it this season or next. But uh, he's he's working on it, and you're right. He can shoot it, and it, he's he has a ton of potential. A, a lot more than a lot of people think. A lot of people just think of him as like this rim running guy. But it's a good point that he like he can he can shoot it. Yeah, he's just I just love that guy.
1: Like Bill Simmons tried to trade him for Nerlens Noel. Oh my
0: gosh, Seth Curry, and I <laughs> don't even speak Bill Simmons' name on this I, podcast. Please I,
1: I threw my computer across the room when I read it. <laughs> I know.
0: Um, Shannon Z. Ward wants wants us to compare compared to expectations. What would you grade the Dakari signing? An A. That's what he says. Yeah, I mean. I think,
1: I uh, how do I say this? Dakari is fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's not good. I think the minutes he's getting are, every time I watch him play, I'm like, it's fool's gold in some sense. Uh, but if he can be a serviceable backup big, fine. Fine. I don't know. What are we paying him? Like a million and a half, two million?
0: Yeah. Not much. What What would you grade it though?
1: Compared to oh,
0: compared oh. to your expectations, is what he wants you to grade.
1: It. Oh, yeah, I guess that's that's a um, an A plus <laughs> yeah. compared to expectations. Do you remember watching him against the Rockets in
0: preseason? Oh, I thought this guy can't play at all. Like he's not an NBA player. No. What is he doing on the court? Why did the Thunder sign him? What is going on? He's he can bear- I was so mad. Uh, yeah, seriously.
1: It was like this guy is he makes Ennis Cantor look like Flash, you know, like right. he is so laterally slow. And he's not gonna play against the and you don't need him to play against the Rockets, you know, but No. And that's that's why the Thunder made the mellow trade. Like I know that it doesn't seem like it's working out right now, but to be able to have mellow on the court guarding a trevor Ariza, or you know running around and, and guarding some of these guys like it, it's going to be something that matters come the playoffs and i know that you at home are watching these thunder games and saying playoffs
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we're not going to get to the playoffs but they're gone like they're at 500 right now and in the seven seed like and i think the thunder are going to be one of those teams that makes like this killer run post all-star break like I just can see something happening at the later season where they put together a, you know, a 15 and four run and, and they mm-hmm. get to this place where they're in this good position. And, and then you're going to think, oh, OK, all that worrying was for not right. Uh, and now we have a team that can actually play its best players. And I know you've been saying that since the trade happened, but I just I, I watched a Corey and I'm like, hey, this is exactly what Ennis should have been. But he was too good to just be a guy that plays only when Adams is hurt and only when the matchups warrant it, you know,
0: right. Yeah, and he's... Yeah, Dakari he is a third to possibly back up big man. And he's a rookie, and he doesn't have a ton of experience. And I think that he'll continue to get a little bit better um, His with his limited athleticism. I think that he's got a ceiling. But he's got great touch around the rim. He's a good passer. He he's a good screener. Uh, he's at least fine as a positional defender. Uh, he'll never be a, a guy that can defend in space. Um, but... He's a guy that could be your like a long term backup center that, like you said, can play on some nights and doesn't have to play every night. When you play big teams, he can play. When they don't, he doesn't play. And so it's it's a good it's a good guy to have. And so yeah, I give it an A as well, just because my expectations were this guy's a waste of space on this roster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think the other so just the anti Russell Westbrook national narrative is He throws the ball to Dakari there at the beginning of the Nuggets game. And, you know, normally what people would tell you is that Russ would demand the ball back and shoot some, uh, you know, unnecessary shot. But instead he's yelling at Dakari, shoot the ball, big man, come on, you know, like Mm – Put it up and then Dakari has what six points in the first four minutes of the game, and he does. He finishes well, like surprisingly well. Yeah, uh, but in the few minutes I did see him play in the G League, like he can score the ball. Like, he I think he even would stretch the floor a little bit, yeah, for
0: the blue. Uh, yeah, he did. He's he's very skilled, he's a very skilled big man. Uh, but the lack of athleticism and the lack of defense will limit him his whole career yep. to a backup That's role yep um chathamus 33 do we think there's any legitimacy to the growing narrative that paul george and Melo aren't happy nope no that's a twitter That is a twitter thing i mean there's Fake been news. no indication that these dudes are unhappy in the locker room you know with their teammates on the court like none you know paul george said after the game you know there's there's a reason that the Thunder brought me here. And, you know, when I don't have it going on the offensive end, you know, I can play on the other end. And he's been maybe, he's probably been the best perimeter defender in the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's there's, insane. especially since Kawhi has been out. So, uh, and the I mean, Mello is fine. He know, like, I think he's realizing where he's at in his career, as long as the Thunder are winning. And he's if he's taken, you know, 10 shots a game, the Thunder are winning. I think that he's happy. Uh, same with Paul George. If Paul George is missing everything and they're still winning, awesome. That's great. Because like, we know that when Paul George is on and Melo hits threes and maybe one of these days all three of them will hit shots in the same game, uh, then you're talking about a juggernaut. But at this point, like, just scrape by on defense and you know Melo not taking many shots, I think that they have to be fine with it at this point. And I, there's no indication that they're unhappy.
1: Yeah, and I think you brought it up earlier, maybe on Twitter or somebody else did. And I know we've talked about it before. Is Paul really had a rough season last year in Indiana uh, and really didn't put things together until after the All-Star break. And Mm so you think about that on a team that he played, what, eight years before with. Like, maybe he's just trying to get his feet underneath him and figure out what it looks like to play on this team. And I think that the worry, and this is a real thing, but you have to stop worrying about if he's unhappy, he's going to go to LA and we're going to get left with nothing. Like there is a legitimate chance that Paul George leaves the thunder and we get nothing in return. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's okay. Like we take the tax bill and we eliminate it. We start building around Russ again. And Sam Presti does well with that. And so you just have to trust that and recognize that maybe Paul George is going to figure some things out as part of this team. And it won't go that way. I think there's equal chance both ways. So stop panicking, man. I know it looks rough, man. I was watching that Nuggets game just furious uh, and sad at the same time. It's a weird feeling watching this Thunder team sometimes. But I've got to remember that I can't keep thinking about the summer of 2018 whenever we've got a whole, you know, 50 games left in the season.
0: No one makes a decision based on how things are going in December. Right. Just keep keep that in mind that NBA players make decisions based upon a whole season – and mostly the playoffs. Like, how, how does this team perform in the playoffs? That's that's where this narrative will be written. So yep. if you want to write it now, uh, when the Thunder are in the playoffs, I, I guarantee you that as long as the Thunder are in the playoff mix, which they are, they're not trading Paul George. Because they trust what this team can do in the playoffs. They trust that they're going to be playing their best basketball in April. And so don't I don't think Paul George is going to be traded. I don't know if he's going to leave or not. I think that that's very much a 50-50 proposition at this point. I do think that despite losing, that he's enjoyed his time in Oklahoma City. Um, but yeah, so his pre- and post-All-Star numbers last season, he was field goal percentage 44% before the All-Star break, 49% after the All-Star break. True shooting 57 before the All-Star break, 62 after the all-star break like he lit up after that and you know it takes time there's a lot of like human factors within this that nobody wants to consider paul george on a brand new team playing with two players that are probably better than any player he's played with in his career and maybe not mellow maybe maybe i should be talking about stephen adams about that right yeah. Um, yeah. so that's an adjustment second he's moving to a, a new city with new people, a new organization. He's only been a part of one organization prior to this. That's a big change. He just had a baby. Another huge life change. Like, all these things are happening, and probably pretty overwhelming. Plus, you have all this pressure to be good. You have all these things that the human element would say, like, that's a lot of stress. Like, that's that's quite a bit. And, you know, I, I think that as he settles in to everything, I think things will start to get a little bit easier. Uh, cause he's getting like you said earlier, he's getting open shots, he's getting the shots that he would normally make, and eventually, I just have to believe that they're gonna go down and so i I don't know there's there's just a lot to unpack within this season, uh, and you know he probably has free agency on his mind. he probably has he's watching these other teams and seeing like how are how are they doing what are the, what are you know what are the Lakers look like what is this ha- i mean he's going to be doing that, and so it's just a lot. There's a lot of human element here that I think that will start to settle down as the season goes along after the trade deadline passes. Because, you know, these guys watch ESPN. and They listen to, you know, NBA.com stuff, and they hear you know, Paul George rumors. You know, I mean, Paul George hears these. And so maybe after the All-Star break passes um, and know, trade deadline's done, I feel like this team will start to settle down, uh, and we'll we'll see a better version of them post-All-Star yeah. break
1: and Paul George is still shooting you know one of his two best percentages from three, yeah, on the most on the most attempts he's ever shot
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so I think that's something to be my it actually is the best percentage he shot because the only other percentage is the ga- the season he played six games, you know, like right. after he his leg and so I mean, some of those things like as rough as it feels like it's been recently, like he's still shooting a great clip from the three point line now his two point shots are embarrassingly oh. bad right now really but. Bad.
0: He's worse uh, from two than he is from three currently,
1: which is insanity.
0: Yeah. So
1: anyway, yeah, that
0: won't that won't continue. No. Uh, rant over. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, from I feel like we're going to we're going to have this that exact rant multiple times. Right. <laughs> I know. From at Ham Solins thoughts on the recent oh man I just lost it thoughts on the recent all bench lineups. What do, you, what do you think billy's doing there yeah, we so see, Billy we see russ with those guys
1: so billy supposedly is saying that he wants to get paul Mello and and russ on the court more and so he's going those all bench lineups as long as they don't hemorrhage i don't mind like as long as they're doing their job and realistically i feel like sometimes they make these little micro runs with that bench unit uh Mm -hmm. And I think it's you've got to take it by a team By team basis like I obviously don't want to run A bench unit if the Rockets have staggered Chris Paul and James Harden Uh, You know like you want to be able To leave some of these guys out there And and I don't know Billy's my biggest Question with Billy's always been his lineup movements But I don't mind it because I Haven't seen it killing the team yet Um, But but we'll see
0: Yeah Uh, I think They're bullcrap even though they've been doing Good (laughs) I hate them (laughs) I just think For sure it's a good time to get like Paul George going or get Melo going with a group like that where you can they can just use a lot of shots. But they have been doing well; they've been playing well defensively, and since Patterson's been playing well, it's they've been working. So
1: it's just unnecessary in my I mind, just, probably more than anything.
0: Yeah, I just, that's not a lineup you're using in the playoffs. Like, not a freaking chance. Uh, at Trust the Void, are you at all concerned with the Brina fouling at such a high rate? I was all in on him starting, but mm, sad face.
1: Yeah, I mean it's problematic. Uh, I think if you the what was it the horn, the not Hornets are they the Hornets Charlotte Bobcats nope Hornets Hornets yeah uh, <laughs> shows you how little <laughs> the, can, the Pelicans
0: the Charlotte Pelicans uh,
1: you know if you look at that like abrinus pretty much single handedly turned that game I mean, he gave him seven points yeah. Fouled on, he fouled on one three pointer and they missed it, you know, and got the three free throws, and then fouled on a one that they made and got the fourth, and yeah, you know, like literally it was the turning point of the game, and, uh, it, and that's problematic. But some of that's just you know figuring out where to be, and and because he's just he's recovering late, and even he recovers he recovers too hard, and he just gets into the body of the player or he gets on the arms, and so
0: mm-hmm. he has to figure that out. But the only way you do that is by not playing fourteen minutes. Right, he's he's only played fifteen hundred total NBA minutes in his career. How he gets he better at that is time. Right, is is he plays? That's how things get better as he starts playing.
1: He he has as much potential as anybody to be a game changer. And you look at that Nuggets game, like he, he what he hit back to back threes that mm-hmm. really kind of stopped the flow. You know, because I think that was in the third quarter when they just decided to stop playing offense. You know, right. <laughs> Yeah, let's it just change the whole dynamic of the game. And he needs more minutes with Paul George and, and Russ, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't need to be a part of that all bench lineup where Ray, Ray Felton dribbles the ball to death. <laughs> Kids. Get him in there with the guys that actually could look for him.
0: Right. Um, at Z, Z I Sanford, Z Sanford, sorry, Z. Uh, is it safe to assume that the Thunder would win every game for the rest of the season if they played Russ, Houston, George, Tupat, and Adams 48 minutes a game? And he wants to see that lineup. Uh, it's, I, I, I all, mean, I it's, yeah, I love I love Josh. I think that Patterson needs more minutes. I think that's a, a really solid two-way lineup right there. And I would like to see it as well. It's big, uh, still switchy at the same time. You have three guys that can shoot threes. Uh, you have Adams as your cleanup guy, and then Russ as your just juggernaut, crazy point guard. So I love it. I, I think it's a good idea. I think that if that was your primary lineup, you'd win a lot of games because I don't think you're giving – you are giving up some on the defensive end with Eustace to Robertson, but uh, you also have a 35% three-point shooter out there now. Um, so, I uh, I would take that and with the improvement that Patterson's made, I think that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing Hughes does, and you still can see it, like he's still, I mean, he's figuring out a shot, his role on the offense, but he, I, I mean, he's got a good looking three point shot, but the other thing is he's, he's a really, really underrated shot blocker. Oh, he's um, very good. Yeah. And, and so one of the things you don't realize, like he may not be able to personally defend the way Drake can, but on recovery backside, you know, or whatever blocks, I think that that he's really helpful. But I don't think it has to be an either or just with those guys. Like, it's not like, all right, split their minutes, 24 and 24 or whatever. But uh, in the end, what I would look at is how do you. Figure out ways to get both of them on the floor at the same time because I don't think it voids each other because Houston can still stretch to have both of them play at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can just be a super switchy, you know. Like for, uh, so, for example, like a great rotation move for me is you start with your starting five, and you sub Houston in for Mello. Yeah, you know, then you're super switchy. You're super long. You're super athletic. And, and you can still stretch the floor the same way you can. And, you know, and then you can just tinker with it from there. Uh, maybe bring Mello back in for PG at some point and then run him with Felton. I, I don't know. I think there's just ways to get Hustis on the floor. And I think he's played well enough to warrant that. Uh, Billy's hatred for him makes no sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, Josh Hustis is like the all-time blocks leader at Stanford, which is kind of interesting. And 11th all-time um, in Pac-12 history which is kind of crazy. Like he's a great shot blocker and he's a, he's like what we wish Jeremy Grant was. If he just was a little bit more aggressive,
1: just more natural instincts blocking.
0: Uh, let's do one more. This is from at C Kelly zero. Uh, he says in Royce's new Christmas article, Russ opens up a little bit about Noah and how he changes his routine in the mornings to spend time with him. Do you think this is a factor in his shooting woes? Um No I mean maybe but like I,
1: This just gets Dangerously close and I know it's not what maybe the This guy is asking but Dude He's you can't Expect Russell Westbrook to Stop being a dad because we Wanted to shoot better you know It's Like <laughs> hey man I know I know you got a kid Now but if you can just you know not Ever be around him so I can not be stressed Out every time we play and you know, it's like Maybe maybe it has something to do with it. I think if you're looking for shooting problems, like you really want to pinpoint something, it's Russ trying to get everybody involved and he's thinking too hard about what used to come naturally for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's, that's my opinion on it.
0: Yeah. I think that it could be a factor, but I don't think it's like the reason,
1: if that makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, and it's not a factor you change.
1: I think that's my biggest question. It's like, yeah, maybe but it okay then it's he a, needs to figure out how to it's do it. a matter of it's
0: adjustment not, not a yeah, matter of exactly. changing uh, yeah, for real uh something that should never change jay is the press which is uh in the plaza near downtown okc uh jay tell me about your experience at the press okay so we went
1: i mean so here's the thing is it in the plaza? So, the only thing that I'm just going to give you a heads up on is, is just be mindful of parking. Like, if you can Uber there, <laughs> yeah, if you can perfect. find a way to do it. That's, that's the only thing I'll tell you to be mindful of. And I'll tell you this it is infinitely worth whatever it takes for you to get there. Mm-hmm. So, we got there. We got there early. We went over to the bar. Natalie, it was my wife and me, and, and then a friend of ours came and met us. And we went and sat at the bar. We had a cocktail. Their bar is huge. They have TV. So even if you just want to go by yourself, like you're not going to feel awkward to just go and chill at the bar. You can watch a game like tonight. They're playing the freaking jazz. Go to the press, sit at the bar, have a beer, have a drink, and then order literally. The other issue I had is that I wanted to order every (laughs) single menu item.
0: Yes, I know. What did you get? 20
1: things that are incredible. And so what I went with, because of one of our Twitter followers, is I did the uh, the Buffalo Mac and Cheese. Oh,
0: that's what I did too, and it's so good. The,
1: the, it, I'm just going to say it. The best Mac and Cheese I've ever had.
0: Yeah. It's, what, I don't know what those noodles are called, but they're very different. Uh-huh.
1: They're yeah, they are. They're very it, good. It, so we've got family coming in town this weekend, and all I'm thinking is like, all right, so... What are the restaurants I want to take them to? And the press is like number one on my list.
0: Mm-hmm. It's that good, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Go check out the press.
1: Yeah, go. I don't know if you haven't gone yet and you live in Oklahoma City and you listen to our podcast. I don't know what you're doing. Go, go, go Get this weekend. Mind. Yeah, <laughs> you're missing out on like one of the best new restaurant in the city right now. Seriously, go right now. And I'm telling you, I would say this even if they weren't supporting us as part of our podcast. Yeah. Like, I love the I love the guys that own it. They're friends of ours. And, but it really is just freaking good.
0: Yeah. They do
1: Their appetizer, stuff. what appetizer did we get? We got some sort of, was there a nacho appetizer? Yeah,
0: there is a nacho appetizer.
1: Incredible. In-freaking-credible. <laughs> stop wasting your time and go there for lunch today, dinner tonight, tomorrow, this weekend. Figure out how to get there. Go. Go. Stop. Go.
0: Go. Do it. Uh, thanks for listening to our show today. You can follow us on Twitter at Dunk. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you guys are just awesome. You guys are just the best. Uh, continue to leave five-star iTunes reviews for us. You guys have been really great about doing that as well. So if you haven't done that, it'll just take about a minute of your time. Just search Down to Dunk. You can do it in iTunes on your computer. You can do it on your phone. Uh, that's just a great help to us. So also, like if your grandma has an iPhone, like grab her iPhone and leave us a five-star iTunes review on her, <laughs> on her account too. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful Wednesday. We will not be back on Friday because we are doing a live pod on Saturday night from six to seven. We're going. We're doing a Miften Peeved, a special Miften Peeved segment at Anthem Brewing for Festivus. They're releasing their drink Festivus, and we will be leading Festivus with the airing of grievances. So come join us Saturday night from six to seven. If you have family in town, if you got some friends come join us we've already got people some guys coming in from boston to see us um which is great he's not flying just to see us he's coming to see his family and then just happens to be in town for that but um so come see us that night that will be our friday show so we'll release that uh probably sometime saturday night so um so if you're looking for friday it's not going to be there but we will hopefully see a bunch of you on saturday night and you can listen to us then as well so you guys have a great day we'll talk to you soon